Welcome to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Get ready to hear God, encounter the supernatural, and discover your destiny. Doug is a prophetic speaker, author, and coach whose message of love, hope, and having fun reaches people around the world. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com. Welcome, friends, to Spirit Connection Podcast. I'm releasing this special message on Valentine's Day because God is the God of love. Whether you're satisfied with your relationship with God or others or struggling, or maybe you're going through some deep pain right now, I've got some good news for you. God is for you. He loves you. And in this podcast, I'm going to open up some things that's going to shift the spiritual atmosphere over you in the area of love. And once I discovered this revelation for myself, everything radically changed my body. I began to heal from a long-term chronic affliction. I began having greater heavenly encounters, and I stepped into deeper love with the Lord, my wife, and my family. And those who work closely with me call me Doug 2.0. I got a total upgrade, and I want to see you get one, too. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you're the God of love. You're not mad at us. You don't judge us, but you have complete compassion. You look at us right now. You see where we were, where we are, and where we're going all at once, and you say, I love you. And you loved us so much, you sent your son, Jesus. And we pray this in your name, that there would be encounters and breakthroughs in this time. Amen. All right. I've always known the love of God in my life at some level. Most of us grow up like I did, maybe with a head knowledge. I really didn't experience God until later on because I had a lot of trauma when I was young. I got on drugs and I was looking for love in the wrong places to cover my pain. But somewhere deep inside, I was holding a grudge against God and other people that had hurt me in my life and I didn't realize it. Then in my mid-50s, I hit a wall. I was in good health, traveling I was doing stand-up comedy, prophetic meetings, doing outreaches, traveling all over the place. Then suddenly, I started experiencing chronic illnesses that couldn't be explained. I developed an acute chemical sensitivity, anxiety breakdowns, and I had symptoms of Lyme disease that began to overtake me. I would go and I'd get healed at meetings, and then a few weeks later, it would come back. Yes, I tried it all. I was doing deliverance. I was using essential oils. I was using everything. And then something happened. A breakthrough came for me. But you know, my prophetic gift works this way. I live out prophetic words similar to the prophet Jeremiah. And at one of the lowest points in my life, God came and revealed a strategy, not only for my healing, but my total turnaround. Shockingly, it was something as simple as receiving perfect love. And when I stepped into perfect love, I got healed in three weeks of things that had been attacking me for three years. And once I got healed, the Lord said to me, tell my people that they are suffering from the lack of receiving my perfect love. And in place of perfect love, judgments and fears have come in and tormentors have been assigned. Now, some people argue, I don't know, how can a tormentor be assigned, you know, but I'll just walk you through some things here. And by the way, this has to do with love. This is an encouraging message because this is what shifted it for me. 
the root cause of most relationship and emotional issues and even physical illnesses can boil down to 1 John 4.18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Did you know that the spirit of fear is not just an emotional condition that can be treated with counseling or pills? The spirit of fear is the lack of having God's love. It's the lack of God's perfect love in your life. And then according to 1 John 4, 18, then it opens up the tormentor. And we can step into perfect love. God began to speak to me. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven through 40, Jesus said, one of the greatest principles, wow, love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is love your neighbor as yourself. All the laws of the prophets hang on these two commandments. So right now, I'm telling you the bottom line of what can radically change your life. It can shift your finances, your ability to love, your relationships. It can bring healing to your body. But it involves coming into agreement with perfect love and casting out the tormentors of fear. This is why we're seeing people going crazy. They're doing mass shootings. The lack of love and the tormentors of fear are causing people's hearts to fail. And Jesus said that in in the last days, he said that people's hearts will begin to fail them. And it's the lack of love. And actually, the CDC says that the number one cause of death is heart attack because of the lack of love and the tormentors of fear. Also, the lack of love and the tormentors of fear is causing the opioid and other medical addictions. It's also the reason we're seeing STDs, just to name a few, But we can pinpoint these things back to the tormentors of fear coming in and causing even Christians. And yes, I'm a minister. I'm a prophet. And it was happening to me. And like I said, I'm like a Jeremiah prophet where I live it out because the Lord wanted me to live this out and bring it back and release this over you. Now, it doesn't sound like a Valentine's message, right? but I want to help you shift the spiritual atmosphere over your ability to love. And it was the greatest command that Jesus said, you know, love God, love yourself, love your neighbor as yourself. So that means that you need to love yourself as well. You know, I talk a lot about changing the spiritual atmosphere, and this is why there's a biblical principle, Galatians 6, 7, what you sow, therefore you shall reap. So the power of agreeing with people also matters. That's Matthew 18, 19. It can work positive or negative. If you're agreeing with negative things or sowing negative things, that's what you'll reap. But if you begin to sow and agree with the positive things of the Lord, it will change your life. And I say it over and over, but if you focus on things like grumbling, complaining, disagreeing, That will close the spiritual atmosphere over yourself and your relationships. We can start agreeing right now with God and not with the fruit of darkness because there's a heavy atmosphere right now of disagreement everywhere we go. We have to be careful right now to turn that around. Let me just tell you my story about how this applies to relationships. Back in 1991, I was desperate to make sense of my life. I needed to know what God was doing, 
In fact, I had come back to the Lord a couple years before that, and my prophetic gift was starting, but you know, I, I wasn't anywhere that I am now as far as maturity. I was a mess. I was separated from my wife who was pregnant with another man's baby, not my wife now. I've been married now for 22 years. I had started drinking again and playing in a band because I felt like God had forgotten me. But something happened. The Lord began to speak to me through dreams, and I felt, wow, I better go to church. And I started to worship. In 1991, I was going to a church, and I went to worship, and I saw a vision of a beautiful brook. Then I felt the Lord say, I want you to go camping at Big Sur, California, and that he was going to speak to me there in July of 1991. And when I did that, I went for a walk one morning, and there was the very stream I saw in the vision. And before me stood an angel. I couldn't see it, but there was no doubt it was there because I was down on the ground with the Lord's presence, and I can remember everything that angels spoke into my spirit. I tell you, I got this message that was way beyond what I could deal with at that time on my maturity level. But the angel brought me a message and told me some things that was going to happen regarding relationships. And it was really weird, you know, the way it came because it was out of context and everything. But the angel said that your mom is dead and tell Ray, your stepdad, to stay in the church because he's going to marry a godly woman. I'm like, wow, this is weird because mom wasn't sick, okay, and she's still alive. And stepdad Ray, he was not a Christian and he was not going to church. So it didn't make sense in the natural realm. But now I understand that God's outside of time and he can speak through all of these things. Well, here's what happened. My mom actually got cancer and Huntington's disease and she died later. My stepfather in the midst of this, before she died, he began to go to church because she got sick and he gave his life to Jesus. Then after my mom's death, I shared the word with him. And five years later, in 2004, I was the best man in their wedding because he had married a godly woman. And as she was coming down the aisle, the Lord said, this is the confirmation of the prophetic word I gave you at Big Sur in 1991. And this is the start of the divine alliances, also known as the end time marriages. And the message was that couples would come together for the purposes of ministry. There's a time coming that it will not look right made to some people. It's not just marriages, it's ministries, it's businesses, it's partnerships coming for the purposes of the kingdom of God. And I wrote a little book on it at one time and began to share the message a little bit. I started seeing these end-time marriages, these divine alliances starting to happen around me, and it was everywhere. It started to explode. But I want to encourage you, on the day of love, on Valentine's Day, God has something for you. And I can tell you right now, there's no set answer. There's no secret about how to find someone if you're, you know, if you're looking for a mate or if you're married and you're having trouble. The prophetic gift is kind of difficult during those times. And even I had a prophetic gift and it was hard on me. Many people listening right now heard the Lord to marry someone. And now maybe your marriage is a mess. I want to tell you, in most cases, it was not your fault that indeed you heard the Lord, it was the other person who did not respond or said no. The other thing about hearing God for relationships and love, it's hard because God might say to you that you're going to marry someone, but then that person might say no to you or in their heart or to God. 
And God's not a dictator, so he cannot force himself on anyone. And therefore, sometimes those prophetic words are null and void. I've had a divine alliance and an end-time marriage encounter in my life. In 91, when I got that revelation, I was a mess. I had to get up from there, and I had to walk through a lot. And I went through a divorce. I got in church and went through divorce recovery. And I want to tell you, it didn't happen overnight, but the Lord began to move. If you seek the Lord, he will respond to you. This is his promise. So my process was I got inner healing. I got some counseling in the areas of my brokenness. I became part of the church that had really good worship and a healing center. And I began to grow in my ability to hear the Lord. And I needed supervision of people around me, you know, because I had been married previously. So I began to date because I didn't know what a good relationship looked like. As a matter of fact, if I'm honest here, I've been married twice before this. And I don't look good on papers when I say, but the Lord's redeemed me 100%. Listen, for those of you, uh, God wants to do this in your life. So I started going to dinner with families that I looked at and that I wanted, you know, it was people that I said, wow, I want that in my life. They didn't know I was taking notes and trying to renew my mind and, and to understand family and relationships because I had brokenness in that area. And um, three years after that angelic encounter about the end time marriages, I met Linda, my wife now, and we had similar interests. We both liked to pray and she came on outreaches with me and I went back to get more inner healing after I met her because she was a counselor, not my counselor. But I was like, wow, I don't know. And we've been married for 22 years now. But I want to tell you this, that no marriage is perfect. I mean, honestly, even your relationship with God has rocky times. And we serve the God of perfect love, though. That's what counts. So here was my process. I began to get inner healing. I got prayer. I grew closer to the Lord. I used the time when I was single to study and prepare myself for what God was calling me in the future. I launched a business and a ministry so I could get ministry training. Actually, I could do some things. I dated, but I had accountability when I did it. I began to ask the Lord to bring the person that he had for me. So don't be surprised if you run into trouble. I mean, even if you find someone or you're married to someone, nearly everyone will fight and disagree. What matters is how you respond. My wife and I fight and we have learned to resolve. We don't go to bed angry, but listen, opposites often attract. So that means friction. Proverbs twenty seven seventeen: iron sharpens iron. One person sharpens another. That's the case in my marriage, and we sharpen each other. And it's not always comfortable, but what matters is that you get committed to the process. The mistake I see people making with relationships is that they get married or are attracted to someone who's similar to the environment or the example that they grew up in. I'm not speaking against my parents. I grew up in a crazy environment with a lot of fighting. Um, we moved 17 times before I was in junior high. My mom later came to the Lord, and my foundation was cracked, though, early on, not because of my mom necessarily, but the leather abuse that was going on in my family. But for a number of years, I was attracted to women who were emotionally unstable or crazy, and I didn't know it but I was trying to live out the pain of my past, of my childhood. Things would start going good, and then suddenly I would start acting out or getting crazy to go back to that foundation that I was used to. 
But after getting some inner healing prayer and breaking off the generational curses of this and experiencing a divorce for marrying the wrong people, uh, then the Lord began to heal me. So when I married Linda, she was opposite of what I was used to. And I want to tell you, it felt strange at first. She was a counselor and uh, she grew up in the stable family and never had moved. In fact, her parents still live in the house in their 90s now. And she helped me to get grounded to do what I do today. I want to tell you that was not an easy process with me and I needed a lot of healing and she walked with me. I tell you, she was there through my times and it wasn't always perfect. And uh, sometimes we can be on the outside and look in on relationships and think it's, oh my gosh, they must be perfect. Oh no, listen, it's not always like that. So we discovered a lot in the process over the last 22 years. In fact, when we dated, it was so funny. We went through a book to date too close too soon where we had to track our time and different things like that because like I said I didn't look good on paper and she wanted to make sure that you know that we did things with accountability but we discovered something and here's what I want to do is talk about first of all some tools that we used that I know that are good and also for those who aren't married this will help you in the future I heard about John Gottman Institute. This is a psychologist and researcher. John and his wife, Julie, videotaped over 3,000 couples interacting together, sometimes fighting, just interacting. They observed people from all walks of life. Some had good marriages and some had not so good marriages. Gottman was able to determine with a 95% accuracy rate whether they would be in danger of divorcing in the future if they did not get help. I'm like, wow, I actually heard about it through a Malcolm Gladwell book I was reading. And I was really drawn to it. I began to check them out myself. And not only this, listen, he had four main points that he would look for. And when he recognized these things, he could then help people to build a sound relationship. And he sent these videos of couples interacting out to some trained counselors and psychologists and asked them to pick out the ones that might divorce. And they did it with only a 50% accuracy rate. That's not really good. But then he sent the same videos to untrained lay people, but he told them the four things that he's looking for. And they were able to pick it out at an 85% accuracy rate. Wow, that got my attention. So though Gottman is not a Christian-based ministry, or he's not a ministry at all, it's an organization, they do have amazing results. My wife and I took their weekend workshop called The Art and Science of Love. And here are the four things you're wondering, what are these four things, right? You could read one of their books as well, just Google it. But he calls it the four horsemen of apocalypse. When you see these things, they will reveal that you might need some help. So here's one, criticism. Finding flaws in another person's personality. Women exceed men in delivering criticism, by the way, according to Gottman. Defensiveness. That's when you attempt to protect yourself, which is normal, you know, but it also includes the counterattack. Contempt. This is when you put someone down and take yourself to a higher place. You roll your eyes. You do things like that. This one is very deadly, according to Gottman. Stonewalling. It's emotionally withdrawing or interacting or not interacting while you're still in the room with a person, cutting off emotionally, or maybe someone giving them the silent treatment. Men tend to do this one more than women. So anger, 
and disagreement is something that Gottman said, that if you combine anger with any of these, it's a predictor of divorce. So is anger bad? No, not at all. Anger is normal, but we need to be careful that we're not using our anger. Now, let me give you some good news. If you or someone you know, whether you're married to them or not, are experiencing any of these things, this does not mean that you are doomed to divorce. This just means that studies show you're probably going to have a bad time. But there's hope here. And you can turn your situation around. And it wasn't just not doing the four things. What the couples had, the ones that mastered their marriages, that Gottman observed, they also did small things that showed they care. So some small things, they build your love tank. Like slowing down, in my case, if my wife says, isn't that flower pretty? Normally, I'm in in my head and really busy and thinking of other things. But now that I know this, I try to take time to engage in something that's important to the other person. This isn't just with marriages, you guys. We need to build or fill the love tank. Most couples are running on empty. They don't even know about the love tank. And they've been making so many withdrawals. They're running on fumes. And no wonder they divorce. My wife and I went through this. And we went through a very rocky time at one point, And we utilized a lot of the key things that I'm talking about. And it helped us a lot. So here's some key points to a sound relationship. You can find ways to repair effectively when there's a disagreement. Now, this is whether you're married or not, or if you're going to get married in the future, you may want to read a book about this or check it out. Know how to fill the other person's emotional bank account. It is not necessarily what you say, but the way you say it that really matters. This is because you can push someone's buttons of emotional pain from the past. If you want to know your partner's love language, just look at what they do for you. Most people treat others the way they want to be treated. My wife gives me emotional support and compliments all the time. And even though that's not high on my love language list, I do know this, but it's great because that gave me the clue that that is one of hers. So a good book for this is Gary Smalley's The Language of Love. You know, you can actually change a bad relationship, no matter if it's a marriage or even a work relationship. We can change the spiritual atmosphere over a relationship or a situation by finding something positive about them. It is very important to not focus on the negative all the time. You can change right now by simply changing the way you view or respond to a situation or a relationship. Now, listen, what I just said, for some people, the light goes on. You can find ways to bless people. Let's say that you don't like your boss and it really bugs you. And then everything that he does or she does that you bugs you, bugs you, bugs you. Well, you can decide right now that you're going to get out of this negative spin and you're going to find something positive or view your job as a way to move to something new. And I tell you, it will change for you. I had to do this. And I didn't like my boss. I couldn't handle it anymore. But when I got out of the negative spin by focusing on the positive instead of the negative, my entire world changed. So changing your own outlook on how you view things is a key. We need to move from reconciliation instead of accusation. Now, this is huge right now. The spirit of accusation has been dominating the church for the past few years, making the body of Christ sick in some ways. 
When we accuse others, we're actually coming into agreement with darkness over that person. One of the names given to Satan is the accuser of the brethren, in Revelation 12.10. We don't want to come into agreement with this over any person. I want to really encourage you. Jesus used the power of encouragement. And if you read John 1, 45-51, when he encounters Nathaniel, Jesus saw him approaching. He said, oh, here's a true Israelite, one in whom there's no deceit. Nathaniel said, how did you know me? Jesus said, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathaniel declared, Rabbi, you're the son of God, the king of Israel. You know, Jesus did one small thing. He called him honest and he talked about something this man valued. And when he did that, it opened the spirit over Nathaniel. And it's very interesting. And I'm sure Jesus could have pointed out some negative things, but he focused on the positive. Here's another one. John 4, 16. Jesus is interacting with the Samaritan woman at the well. Now, she's not necessarily the best example of someone that would be talking to a religious leader of the time. He says, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said, you're right when you have no husband. The fact is you've had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you said is quite true. Wow, I don't know if you realize this. He called an adulterous woman honest. Most people think he judged her. He did not. He didn't say, away from me, you adulterous woman. He said, at least you're honest. He did point out by using the prophetic gift that she'd been married five times and was living with a man. But he slowed down and found something positive. And friends, this is the secret. We need to move from pointing out and troubleshooting the bad things. That's what we're taught, really. People today in our society, especially the church, we're taught to point out things and to to sanctify everything. But if you're doing that, then you're going to start seeing that only. You're going to start seeing negativity everywhere. You need to step away from negativity and start focusing on the positive things, and everything will shift for you. I'm telling you, this is how I moved from not being able to hear God all that clearly to being able to hear him very clearly. We need to move into a time when we're giving compliments over complaints. Matthew seven twelve and 13 in the message. Here's a simple rule of thumb, a guide for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you, then grab the initiative and do it for them. Add up God's law of the prophets, and this is what you get. Wow, I love this version of it. Begin to bless people, and you'll have to uh, limit your complaints, but also you want to compliment. You can complain still, but if you do, offset it with two to three compliments somewhere else, especially to a person. I usually use Yelp or TripAdvisor or something where I go out. If I file a complaint about, you know, against a restaurant or, or a hotel, I'll put two to three compliments in there. I'm so serious because what you sow is what you reap. Make a decision right now to do good and positive things for others and yourself. This is why I developed the message, Love Not Judge. Jesus tells us, Matthew twenty two thirty seven that the greatest commandment is to love. Love is something that will open the heavens over you. It'll change the spiritual atmosphere over your life and others. And when we judge, it will close things down. We can actually create log jams in the spiritual realm because Jesus talks about in Luke 6, 37, 38, he talks about 
Give and it will be given to you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over into your lap. But the verses just before that, he says, do not judge or you will be judged. And later in that same chapter, he goes on to say, why would you try to pull the speck of sawdust out of your neighbor's eye when you have a log in your own eye? This is the spiritual log jams, judgments. Wow. And you know, it's ingrained so heavy in us, most of us miss it. We don't recognize it. And I tell you, I'm always talking about love, not judge. Open the spiritual atmosphere. Go on a negativity fast. Do these things, and it's going to change your life with love, relationships with the Lord even, relationships with others, your finances, your health. Everything comes in line, my friends, when you do this. Now, here's the thing. David, King David, went through a difficult time, but he was still not understanding his destiny. And David was known as the man after God's own heart. He wasn't perfect, though, if you read about it, but he did everything with gusto. David got bored one time, and he fell into sin with a woman named Bathsheba. And then the prophet Nathan had to come and correct him. And not only did he fall in the sin, but he had her husband murdered. It was major stuff. And it was Second Samuel 12, 7 and 8. This is Nathaniel the prophet speaking. This is what the Lord God of Israel says. I anointed you king over Israel. I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms. And I gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if it wasn't enough, if that wasn't too little, I would have given you more. Wow. Listen, that last line there. There's something in this. God was telling David, that if he wanted more than what you had already received, he could have given it to him or fulfilled it in another way. And it doesn't mean that you need to take something unlawfully, but this is the kind of prayer our Heavenly Father is looking for us. You know, to pray that way that we would be so honest, pour out our hearts to the Lord in total honesty, what would that look like? I often wonder, what would have happened to David's life if he had asked God for the fulfillment, maybe a challenge when he was bored, maybe there was something inside that he needed that caused him to reach out to another man's wife. We need this revelation in our life that we need to get that brutally honest with the Lord and just say, wow, I love you, Lord. I need this challenge. I need something else. And I'm not talking about sexual stuff here. I'm talking about fulfilling needs that are deep inside. And, you know, in just a moment, I'm going to answer some questions that people have been asking about love and marriage and relationships. But first, I want to direct you to some of my online training that will help you on the subject. There was two webinars that I did. These are online workshop training, and you can get the replays of them. One of them was called Discovering Your Divine Assignment. Now, this has to do with the Divine Alliance message and how to find your destiny. The second one is changing the spiritual atmosphere over your relationships. It has a lot of the stuff I'm talking about here, walking through how to work through relationship issues at all different levels. And also, if you want to use this coupon code, Doug20, we'll give you 20% off right now if you use that. All right, well, I'm going to do a little prayer here in a minute, but I want to answer some questions that we get. And these are difficult. You know, these are from people who have taken my workshops or the Spirit Connection webcast, and here's one of them. 
how do I deal with loneliness? Now, good question. And I don't want to give you a pat answer, but I want to say this to people. It's really important not to be isolated. Don't let the enemy pick you off and get you alone. We were designed to worship God together in groups. And now with the internet, and we're an internet-based ministry, and, you know, I spend a lot of time in my home office. But you know what? We're finding this. The internet, now you have to be very careful that you get with people. And if it's possible to do things in your community, that's why it's good to, to be around people in a church. Maybe if you don't like your church, been wounded there, you could actually still go there and then supplement your needs. Like, you know, think about the, the needs that David had. Maybe you have needs to grow in other places that you're not getting at your church. You can do that through the Internet. Many people use my ministry for those purposes. You can learn about dream interpretation. You can take classes on hearing God and discovering your destiny, things like that. But you don't want to stay home alone all the time. Very important to break out of loneliness, join a group, do something. Here's another question. I've waited over 20 years for my spouse. Am I doing something wrong? Or why is there so many delays for us meeting? Well, I wish I had the answer. I hear that all the time. I don't know if there's something that God has spoken to you that you didn't do that could possibly be. Maybe you've been waiting for God to drop the person in your lap. And in some cases, it's not always. Everyone's different here. So take this in mind. I know some teachers say, you know, don't date, wait for God to bring it. But, you know, if that's the case, I couldn't do that. That's not what God spoke to me, that I went out and dated. You want to be careful when you do this. But if you've been waiting, maybe there's things that could be plugging up the spiritual atmosphere from you hearing the Lord. And those are the things of judgments and clearing the spiritual atmosphere. You might want to break off the generational curses to loneliness, generational curses to being unmarried. Break off those things and begin to pray. Maybe because you say, have I done something wrong? Why is there delays? Well, it is possible that God has someone for you and you're waiting for that very thing. So you have to work through these things. There's no one pat answer. But, you know, I'm so sorry. I meet so many people You know, when I'm out there, I'm looking around, I'm like, wow, you know, there's so many wonderful men. There's so many wonderful women. Wow, I wish there was a way to get them together and so we could see this. I've never seen so many people who are looking for marriage, and there's so many people who are unmarried out there. So we need to actually get in there and break those things open. I'm going to do a prayer here in just a minute. Here's another question. I'm fighting for my marriage, but it seems hopeless. Do you have any suggestions for pushing through a discouraging time? Yes, I do. I went through this. You know, you need to make a decision whether you want to stay in the marriage or if you want to leave. And these days, I'm telling you, people can judge you for being divorced and tell you you can't be in ministry again. But I'm an example. I got restored and I am still in ministry. I left ministry. Now I am back in ministry. I'm restored because there's verses in the Bible where Jesus says, you know, you can't be married again. You know, you're you're committing adultery. That was before he was crucified. That was before. Now, now God still hates divorce, right? But this was before the blood of Jesus. This is before grace and redemption. God wants to redeem you. If you're fighting for your marriage, I recommend doing some of the things that I mentioned here or going through the webinar that I talked about about changing the spiritual atmosphere over your relationships. And I'm really sorry you're going through this time. Here's another. When my spouse left me, 
how do I begin the healing process after such a loss? Well, I would recommend getting around people. I went through a divorce recovery group. Get a book on the subject. Get around people. Don't stay at home. I'm so sorry that you're going through this, but it's important that you get people to pray with you. You're not alone. You need to join something. Join a Facebook group or something. Get with like-minded people. Take walks. Get out and experience nature. Worship the Lord. There is hope. God is going to do something new. I had this encounter with the Lord in 1991, and I was a mess. I had been married twice. I was on drugs. I was drinking. I was in the wrong places, but God restored me, and he gave me a prophetic word that day, that end-time marriage, the divine alliance word that said, there's a time coming, and it is now come when couples are going to come together for the purposes of the kingdom. It won't be just for family. It won't just be for marriages. It'll be for businesses. It'll be for churches that couples, two are better than one, he said. And I tell you, one could put a 1,000 to flight, but two could put 10,000 to flight. We are in this time right now. So, Lord, we come into agreement with Matthew 7, 7, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open to you doesn't say sit on the couch and wait. We now, Lord, say, come, touch the people who are going through the pain. Touch the ones who are lonely, the ones who've been hurt, the ones who have gone through a rough time, or those who have been waiting and waiting and waiting. Lord, you know every situation. I pray right now for perfect love to come. Perfect love. Let us enter into perfect love take authority over the spirit of fear and its tormentors. In Jesus' name, we right now, we cast out the tormentors of fear, and we ask you to replace it with perfect love. Lord, I pray that you would bring these things about on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, bless you. Happy Valentine's Day. Love you so much. Thanks for listening to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com.